We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. It's Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe and secure. Getting your money out is super easy. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And I love building those same game parlays. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio. So use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in LA. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Dial 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Saturday, everybody. Congrats on making it to the weekend. Although I'm technically recording this late in the night on Friday, we had a jam-packed, highly entertaining NBA slate tonight, and I caught bits and pieces of eight different games tonight. So we're going to be touching on all of them. That's going to be Hawks-Lakers, Cavs-Nuggets, Nets-Pelicans, Knicks-Raptors, Hornets-Bucks, Sixers-Bulls, Blazers, Pacers, and Heat Suns. So a lot we're going to get into. Just going to go rapid fire. 
through all those games. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, remember you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. And last but not least, January is going to be a jam-packed sports month. Obviously, we got the college football national championship game right around the corner. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. And then college basketball and the NBA are heating up as we head towards the tournament and the NBA playoffs, which I love so much. What does that mean? That means lots of good games for us to watch. Or better yet, how about we go to some of these games? And where's the best place to get tickets? I want you guys to check out Game Time. This is the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. Game Time offers amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of your favorite NBA, NFL, NHL, and NCAA teams. And on top of that, they sell last minute concert tickets and comedy show tickets. So if you're in Texas and you want to see the Dallas Mavericks, Game Time has you covered. If you're in Arizona and you want to see the Suns, Game Time has you covered. Or if you just want to go see John Mayer serenade you on the electric guitar, Game Time has you covered. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and enter code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So the Lakers win again against the Hawks, 130 to 114. I believe that's their fourth consecutive win. Atlanta looked like they were just about ready to quit in the first half of this game. We'll get to them here in just a second. Uh, then the Lakers kind of came out in that third quarter, didn't play a whole lot of defense. Atlanta kind of got back into it. I think they got as close as 10, but they were never truly threatened. Thomas Bryant was a monster again, 19 points and 13 rebounds. I wanted to shout out Dennis uh, Schroeder, Patrick Beverly, and Russell Westbrook because we talked about them briefly in our last show, but the job that those three are doing on the perimeter is massively alleviating the concerns of losing Anthony Davis as a rim protector. All three of them, but I wanted to shout out specifically Russ tonight, who had one of his best games as a Laker uh, in this particular game. Just violently chasing over the top of screens and bothering guys like Trey Young and Boyan Bogdanovich and, and DeJounte Bur uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and DeJounte Murray as they were coming over the top of these screens. Again, this is a steady pick and roll offense that Atlanta runs, and these guys love to feel comfortable in that mid range. And you, you kind of saw the feel of that game early on, first few possessions. DeJounte Murray was comfortable coming off and he was hitting those shots. Then they got a little bit better with that back pressure and they started to force some misses. All three of those guys also hit massive shots on the uh, on the other end of the floor from three. So big-time game from the Lakers' backcourt. Kendrick Nunn used the Trey Young assignment to finally break out of his slump. He had a season-high 23. And then LeBron was great again, 25-7-10. and 10. Um, You know, there, there we all have our basketball philosophies, like our core basketball philosophies. And one of the, those of you guys who have been listening to the show for a long time have heard me kind of break down my specific philosophies. And one of the ones that I feel very passionately about is slotting. You know, if you ask me, like, how is it that this Lakers supporting cast that is so undermanned, particularly on the wing, and then we find out that Lonnie Walker's out for at least two weeks, and we find out that Austin Reeves is out for at least two weeks, and Troy Brown Jr. just had a quad strain, he'll probably be out for a little while. And they're still winning. And the reason why is because of what LeBron James brings to the table as a superstar. Obviously, in other settings, like you catch the heat in a game without LeBron and AD not bringing their best effort, you get a win. This Atlanta Hawks team 
kind of has the vibe of a quitting basketball team. So it buys you a little extra margin for error there. But over the course of this stretch without Anthony Davis, they're seven and five, and they have some impressive wins, including beating that Denver Nuggets team that is so incredibly good. And so what I wanted to drive home here is that point about slotting. When you have a superstar, a true superstar like LeBron James, he removes so many responsibilities from the table by generating quality shots. And then the stuff he does on the defensive end of the floor, particularly grabbing contesting re- contested rebounds, which is something LeBron has been fantastic at over the course of this season, or just general backline help. When you take all that stuff off the table, that creates small, achievable roles that even limited players that aren't as good as other role players around the league can thrive and succeed in those roles. And the Lakers have two of those guys between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You're seeing the benefits of slotting right here with one superstar. You can imagine what it looks like when LeBron and AD are together playing at that level. I know we haven't seen a lot of it over the last two years, but in the two years before that, we did see it, and you saw the uh, the way that that trickled down the roster to achievable roles for role players. This is why I've been hammering home the idea of the Lakers trying to go after a legit tall wing like a Kyle Kuzma or a Boyan Bogdanovich because that even further slots some of the role players into even smaller roles. And you're seeing right now, I mean, the Lakers, guys, this is insane. The Lakers are now two games back of the sixth seed. Two games back from being out of the play-in. Two. That's how good of a position they're in despite the horrific start to the season. I truly believe That with LeBron playing at this level and with Anthony Davis coming back and hopefully getting back to the level he was at before, that this team is one legit move away, one legit wing away from being a legit contender in the Western Conference. You know, again, I would say that the only duo in the league that is certainly better than LeBron James and Anthony Davis in terms of consistency and availability is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I would argue when LeBron and AD are available, they're actually better than those guys. That's the advantage the Lakers have over the rest of the league. Their big disadvantage is the supporting players, particularly on the wing. When you actually look at the roster, because of Thomas Bryant coming out as such a viable weapon for the Lakers, they're great at center, they're great at the power forward with LeBron's minutes, and they're pretty solid in the backcourt because of how well Dennis Schroeder's playing. Patrick Beverly's starting to hit shots, so his defensive presence is starting to be more noticeable. And then Austin Reeves and Lonnie Walker, those are two decent shooting guards in this league. So the area of weakness is the wing. That's the one spot on the roster that desperately needs attention. And if they address that, suddenly this is a well-rounded basketball team that will have two, uh, potentially the two best players on the floor in most playoff series against against everybody but a handful of teams around the league. There's real reason for optimism there. And then lastly on the Hawks, you know, we've been talking. This has been a theme of the show over the last couple of the, uh, last couple of weeks. You either fight for your season or you don't. And Atlanta looks like a team that's not fighting for their season. I would not be surprised um, if we hear about Nick McMillan uh, either stepping down or being fired in the next couple of days. They need a new voice in the locker room. They're not even coming out with an intensity like they believe they can win games. All right, moving on to Cleveland, Denver. We're going to start to kind of move a little quicker here. Uh, Denver wins one twenty one to one hundred eight. 
Donovan Mitchell missed this game. Jokic finished with 28, 15, and 10. He's averaging 29, 12, and 10 in his last 15 games. Denver is playing very much like the best team in the league right now. They're uh, 12 and 3 in their last 15 games. They completely embarrassed the Clippers last night. Like one of the most embarrassing beatdowns I can remember seeing from a real marquee matchup of two, you know, heavyweights in in any conference. At one point, the Nuggets were beating the Clippers 84 to 41. And and one note on the Clippers, they lost again tonight to Minnesota. Kawhi and Paul George left the game at halftime in that Denver game and then skipped the back end of the back-to-back against Minnesota tonight. Those guys are just never available. I don't even know what to make of it. It it makes them extremely difficult to evaluate, which is precisely why I dropped the Clippers off of my top tier of contenders. Uh, Denver's racking up some impressive wins. Just in the last 10 games, they've beat the Cavs, the Clippers, the Celtics, the Heat, the Kings, the Suns, the Blazers, and the Grizzlies. That's all super impressive wins. I, I don't necessarily trust their defense enough. I think they're still 22nd in defense or something like that. I don't trust their defense enough to put them in the top tier of contenders, but I'd have them at the top of that second tier right below that top tier of contenders. All right, moving on to Brooklyn and the New Orleans Pelicans. This was a super fun game. I watched most of this one. The Pelicans were without Zion and Brandon Ingram, but they really battled in this game. And both KD and Kyrie had uncharacteristic bad shooting nights on pretty high shot quality. Like, they were missing some easy looks. You know, KD, I think, started 0 for 5, and four of his first five shots that he missed were pretty damn good looks that you are accustomed to seeing KD knock down. So between the competing Pelicans at home and KD and Kyrie kind of having a rough night, you ended up having a close game. Najee Marshall was really good in this game, kind of stepping into a more aggressive role. He had 23 points. You know, with what I do for a living, like I, I'm always watching these games and I'm watching them on a clip by clip basis. And I'm really diving in to try to see specifics about like how one guy does chasing over screens or how one guy does attacking closeouts or how one big does in pick and roll coverage. I'm, I'm always trying to evaluate players. And Najee Marshall's one of those guys all season when I've watched the Pelicans where I've always felt like he's had a little bit more in his dribble package than what he's needed to do with the Pelicans on a game-by-game basis. You know, we have uh, roles that stack up on a basketball court, and when you're playing for a team like the Pelicans and it's like Brandon Ingram's out there and Zion Williamson's out there and C.J. McCollum's out there and Jose Alvarado's out there, like, they have a lot of ball handling. And so you're not going to get a lot of on-ball touches if you're in a supporting role on that team. But a lot of guys in the NBA slot into roles like that, despite having skill sets that go above and beyond. And one of the things I noticed, I actually tweeted out a clip the other day from a different Pelicans game where Najee Marshall hit Dylan Brooks with a double crossover and like buckled him over at a random possession at the top of the key just to beat some ball pressure. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, whoa, that's a highly advanced dribble move from a guy that we think of as just kind of like a dirty work role player on the wing. And you saw tonight what it looks like when you have an opportunity to fill in in a more aggressive role. Brandon Ingram's out, Zion's out. You need somebody that's going to be more aggressive And Najee Marshall stepped right up into that role. In the second half, though, the Nets really just locked in on defense. They held the Pelicans at just 38 points. And then Kyrie, after a rough shooting night, made a bunch of big plays in the fourth quarter, including hitting the dagger on a swing pass from KD at the top of the key. And the Nets are back on track. They are now 17-2 in their last 19 games. All right, moving on to the Knicks and the Raptors. The Knicks win 112-108. to Julius Randle came out guns blazing from three in the first quarter of this game. He cooled off a bit, but he finished with 32-11. and 
Toronto had several stretches where they sped the game up and got out in transition and got it close. They had a 19-3 to fast break point advantage. You can kind of see as over the season we start to really familiarize ourselves with these teams. There's a consistent way that these uh, that each team likes to win, and then there's a consistent weakness that most of these teams have. And for Toronto, it's always when they can get up and down, they can thrive, but when they get trapped in the half court, they can really struggle to score, and that's what happened. Every single time they got the game close, the Knicks would strangle the pace again, keep them in the half court, and close the deal. The Knicks have won four straight. I cursed them, unfortunately. During their eight-game winning streak, right at the end, I did back-to-back deep-dive videos on them, and then they immediately lost five straight. But so, it, like, but then they've won four straight since, so it's been this weird stretch where they won eight in a row, then they lost five in a row, then they won four in a row, complete roller coaster. But still, like I said in our deep dive breakdowns, it's the good teams that give them trouble. They're 15 and five against below 500 teams and seven and 13 against teams that are 500 or better. At the end of the day, they just don't have the top tier shot creators to consistently score in the half court against the best teams in the league. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, moving on to Charlotte, Milwaukee. Uh, Charlotte came in and hung uh, uh, 51 points on the Bucks in the first quarter and just completely blew them out in their own building in Milwaukee. Uh, Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, and P.J. Washington combined for 18 made threes and 86 points. And all I have to say about this game, because I didn't see much of it, is this just happens sometimes. You know, I've been watching the NBA for a long time, and, and one of the things that I've consistently seen over the years is right around from mid-December to the All-Star break, which I believe is mid-February, but during that two-month uh, period, there's this heavy malaise that kind of sets in across the league because that initial excitement of the first month of basketball passes. You know, During that first month, everyone's playing hard every night because everyone thinks they're going to make a deep playoff run and everyone's so excited. But then you get to the point where you've played 20, 30 games and everyone just kind of falls into that funk and you start to see some truly bizarre outcomes. And, you know, in the modern NBA, I remember at the beginning of the season when I called it an unforgiving league, like Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball are two really skilled guards. And so if you come into a game and you don't bring it defensively and they get going from three, like you can get your butt kicked. And that's what happened. I mean, the Bucks basically had everyone in their rotation available except for Chris Middleton. They had won three of their last four games coming in. Giannis was averaging 39 and 15 in his last eight games, and he just had nine points tonight. So again, don't try to make any sense of it. We'll see a half dozen more games like this before the trade deadline where you're like, what in the world? The Detroit Pistons went into you know, Golden State and beat the Warriors. You know, you're going to see stuff like that just uh, nonstop over the course of the next month or a uh, month and a half or so until we get to the uh, to the uh, uh, All Star break. So for the Bucks, you just got to kind of flush it away and move on. All right, Bulls Sixers. How about the Bulls, man? One twenty six to one sixteen in Philly over the Sixers. Although they did not have Joel Embiid, Zach Levine was awesome in this game. Eleven for thirteen from three, finished with forty one. The Bulls have now won seven out of ten games. and Some impressive wins in that stretch. They beat the Heat. They beat the Knicks back when they were red hot. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks in that crazy comeback game. They beat the Nets to uh, bust their 12-game winning streak, and now they beat the Sixers. They're now just this recent run to save their season, so to speak, has put them just three and a half games out of the sixth seed, so not entirely lost. The one guy I wanted to specifically uh, shout out here was Patrick Williams. He had 18 again tonight. He had 22 two nights ago in Brooklyn. He's made at least two threes in four of the last five games for the Bulls. He kind of brings that three and D element that they so desperately need because this is a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting and that their stars don't really like to play defense. And so having a guy that's kind of thriving in that role is so vitally important to them. But the big thing that I've noticed in the last few games and something that I've been keeping my eye on with Patrick Williams ever since this summer is the stuff that he's able to do off the dribble. And again, it's not you know high-level creation. It's, it's, it's all low-volume. But this is a guy that has clearly put in a lot of time over the offseason to build out his ball handling and shooting. And you could see it. I noticed it a lot in his summer workouts and some of the videos he was sharing. There's real fluidity in his ability to dribble the basketball, which only comes through relentless hard work. So it's cool to see him have a couple of big scoring games. Again, we'll see if any of this lasts for Chicago. Nothing is super encouraging. Like, they're still 22nd in defense over this 10-game stretch. Uh, so they're basically just outscoring teams. They're fourth in offense. And their stars are super hot, especially from uh, with their jump shots. So, you know, uh, it's I don't want to rain on the parade, but obviously they're going to need to defend better to have any chance of having consistent success. But here's the glass half-full way of looking at it. Winning games leads to buy-in, and you've won 7 out of 10. When you guys have buy-in, 
uh, guys get committed to all of the details because that's part of what buy-in entails is doing what the coaching staff asks you to do. And when you have buy-in and then you have commitment to details, that's when the defense could follow. And if the defense follows with the way they're scoring the ball, they could really go on a run. All right, Portland, Indiana. The Pacers won 108-99. to This was tied at 99 late. And then Aaron Neesmith broke the tie. Uh, and then Buddy Heel picked off Anthony Simons for a pick six that put him up four. And then Tyrese Halliburton hit a step back three that uh, was basically the dagger. The, uh, the Pacers closed this game on a 9-0 run. Uh, what I wanted to focus on with the Pacers is their four-guard lineup. So tonight they closed with Halliburton, Heald, Andrew Nebhard, Miles Turner, and Aaron Neesmith. Against the Sixers, they went with a similar lineup, but they swapped out Neesmith for Ben Matherin. But they've been doing a lot, and, and, and Neesmith's a little bit bigger. He's like 6'5", but they, they've been doing a lot of this over the course of the last few weeks where it's like four guards in Miles Turner. And it's fun to watch because they have tons and tons of speed and they're competing on defense. So they're getting up into ball handlers and pressuring, switching a lot of screens, but at the same time flying around in rotation with all the foot speed they have. And then they have Miles Turner protecting the, the rim. And then on the other end of the floor, it's so much ball handling and shooting with the four guards. And then Miles Turner is a guy that can knock down shots and make plays off the dribble. So they just have a really unselfish, you know, move the ball around, that extra drive and kick, that extra pass to get high-quality shots. They're honestly really, really fun to watch. And Pacers fans should be very excited. Um, wanted to go through some lineup data with you guys really quick. So when they have uh, Buddy Heald, Ben Matherin, uh, excuse me, Buddy Heald, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Andrew Nemhard, Miles Turner, and Aaron Neesmith. That lineup they closed with tonight, not great so far this season. Minus 10 net in 413 possessions, but they went it went really well tonight. So we'll see how that uh, skews the data a little bit. And then uh, to, uh, in the Sixers game, they closed with Matherin. That lineup, so Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Andrew Nemhard, Ben Matherin, and Miles Turner, that's, that group is plus 14 net in 208 possessions. So the four guard lineups, particularly with Ben Matherin are really working. Um, and it, it, it's just a really fun to watch brand of basketball. They're becoming, they're becoming one of my favorite uh, league pass teams. All right. Lastly, before we get out of here, Miami Phoenix, Miami wins one four, uh, 104 to 96. This was my bet of the week for FanDuel. For those of you guys who listen on the podcast feed where you see the FanDuel ads, uh, Miami was favored by one and a half, but they had just lost a disappointing game to the Lakers and the Suns really can't score without Devin Booker. So I had a feeling that he would win, which they did. Um, the Suns, this stuff with them not being able to score without Booker is pretty insane. This was their third straight game where they failed to score 100 points. Um, they're averaging just 104.5 points in their last six games, which is dead last in the NBA. And their schedule doesn't get any easier from here. This is crazy. Check, out, uh, check this out. Next eight games, Cavs, Warriors, Nuggets. The Timberwolves is the easiest game in the stretch, and the Timberwolves have won three games in a row because they're starting to defend like crazy, and Anthony Edwards is getting going. Then they play the Grizzlies. Then they play the Brooklyn Nets. Then they play that Pacers team we just talked about. Then they play the Memphis Grizzlies again. So, you know, they're already on a, what's that, a, a, a five-game losing streak. A 13-game losing streak is legitimately on the table here. Uh, like, they're going to be underdogs in all eight of those games. Now, I expect them to win one or two of them, but things are looking really bleak for Phoenix, and I expect them to consider completely blowing things up at the deadline. I mean, they've got some stuff to, to really cling to. Like, I really like Devin Booker. You know, uh, Mikhail Bridges is a great foundational piece. I like Cam Johnson a lot. DeAndre Ayton needs to go because he doesn't even like being there. And d their defense uh, as a team has fallen off a cliff as well. 
And obviously, DeAndre Ayton hasn't been good enough to carry that. So I would expect potentially them to consider being super aggressive with like Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and, you know, uh, Jay Crowder and just try to get back as much as they can to just kind of shuffle the deck and reset the culture in that locker room. Um, the Miami Heat are now 9-4 and four in their last 13 games. They're now just one game back of sixth in the East to get out of the play-in. And Bam Adebayo was awesome again tonight, 21-11. and 11. Eight of those 21 points were in post-ups or isos. Um, like we talked about in our last show, he's on a 10-game stretch where he's averaging about five additional points per game in, in post-ups and isos. So hit that mark again tonight with eight. It's really cool, honestly, as a basketball fan to see – Bam starting to get his confidence as a scorer because it's really a thing that builds momentum. He's always had the talent. Now that you're seeing the confidence come with it, he's starting to hunt his shot more, and now he's taking and making higher difficulty shots, which just continues to feed that confidence. And again, having Bam as that sort of legit high-volume scorer is the thing that could be the ultimate ceiling raiser for the Miami Heat. Wow. Okay. That was intense. That was fun. Uh, but that's all I have for tonight. Here's the plan. We're taking the rest of the weekend off and next week's going to be really interesting. We're only going to, we're going to take a break from instant reactions or game breakdowns and we're going to do one game breakdown next week. That's going to be on Thursday night. I, I can't remember exactly what the matchup is uh, off the top of my head, but there's a big time nationally televised game on Thursday that will break down. But the rest of the week, we're going to do our midseason grades. So my plan for that is I'm going to try to do, we'll see how it works out, because I'm actually leaving for my first ski trip on Friday uh, of next week. But we're going to do, um, I think we're going to do four or five videos, and we're going to hit on four or five teams per video. But we're basically going to do deep dives into each of those teams as basically just like a you know, establishing the state of the Pistons or the state of the Warriors, the state of the Lakers. And we're going to just kind of recap the first half of their season for each of those teams. So it's going to be a little bit more of a zoom out week next week um, before we get back into our groove the following week. As always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support and I will see you on Monday. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.